This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. I'm your greeter this morning. Who's calling, please? Well, thank you so much for calling in on this morning. Just want to say you will be blessed. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Thank you so much for calling in on this amazing Saturday morning. We thank God for his grace and mercy on today, and thank you for calling and being a part of this call on today. God is good all the time, and all the time he is good. He is absolutely amazing. We thank him for another day of waking us up in our right mind with strength and breath in our body to be able to move around with no assistance for some of us. And even the people who do need assistance, he always provides a way out of no way. So we just want to say thank you on this morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Good morning, Sister Susie. Good morning, Sister Susie. Good morning. I have, good morning. I heard another day. Hello, hello. Who's that? Who's that? And who's that on this morning? Yes, Lord. Thank you for your amazing grace over our lives. I woke up this morning with my mind set on Jesus. I remember that song from back in the day. So grateful, grateful, grateful on this Saturday morning. Good morning. Good morning. Has anybody else called would like to say good morning at this time? Good morning, Sister Tracy. JC. Good morning, JC. How are you? I'm blessed, sweetie. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Thank you. Great, for great. You're welcome. Enjoy your day. You do the same. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. This is Deborah Evans. Good morning, Deborah Evans. Good morning. Happy Saturday to all. Happy Saturday to you. Good morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. Has anybody else called in that would like to say good morning at this time? Good morning, it's Diane. Good morning, Diane. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Oh, yes, it's going to be a wonderful day. No matter what comes our way, the fact that he woke us up this morning is so much to be thankful for. Yes, amen. 
Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Declare Victory. Has anybody else called in that would like to say good morning? Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. I know it's still early. People still waking up. Good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. I am your greeter on this morning. Has anybody else called in that would like to take the opportunity at this time to say good morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Has anybody else joined us at this time that would like to say good morning? Good morning, it's Kenya. Good morning, Kenya. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, family. It's Nikisha. Good morning, Nikisha. Good morning. Good morning. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? <laughs> Good morning. I love it. Good morning. Good morning, Chase. Hi. Good morning. Good to hear your sound, sis. Oh, thank you. It's good to hear you, too. Has anybody else called in that would like to say good morning before we move to the next segment of the call? Okay, it's okay. um, Before we move forward, we're going to ask everyone to um, place your phones on mute so we can proceed. Hello, my name is Tracy, and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. Please to stay tuned with us for the rest of the month for the monthly theme entitled The Faith factor. You don't want to miss this message. 
lessons and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. There are no announcements on today. There's no prayer requests on the app. I don't know if anybody can hear that noise. Can everybody just double check your your um, phones at this time? The order of the call is the declaration will be done by Pastor Bell. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Lisa. Then we will go right into the closing comments hosted by the declarer. I will repeat that. The declaration will be done by Pastor Lavelle Jones. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Lisa. Then we will go right to closing comments by the declarers. The scripture today is 2 Corinthians 2 and 5. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. At this time, we ask that you put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. Thank you for allowing me to be your hostess on this morning. Everybody have a wonderful day. I love you all as I now pass the call to the declarer. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, God has again shown us another expression of his love. Uh, one more day to be alive. We are in the land of the dying, on our way to the land of the living. And uh, I thank you, Lady Tracy, for hosting and greeting. Um, and then uh, those that are coming after me, uh, I hope everyone is doing good uh, on the line this morning. I have uh, a good friend, another pastor friend of mine. Uh, actually, was my neighbor stood me on the line. I'm sure he's on mute, Pastor Rob Abels, and I thank God for he and his lovely wife. And so I'm going to jump right in to our morning message this morning. Um, I found something nestled in uh, the first chapter of the book of Revelation, and when I saw it, it just really, really blew my mind. And verse uh, 17, chapter 1, verse 17 simply says, And when I saw him, uh, he said, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, wow, say that. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen and have the keys of hell and death. Wow. Let me read that again. He says, and when I saw him, he said, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen and have the keys of hell and death. Wow. Wow. And and if I could use a subject today, I I would say it's all about him. Our our faith should be based in him. Um, Because I was in a situation this past week, or the week before, I should say, um, 
um, at my church at uh, one of my my two churches, my um, my Elk Grove, lo- no, my, I'm sorry, my North Highlands location. And I had to come to the realization that too often uh, we as believers, we fail to recognize the main agenda of why we come to church, why we come to Bible study, why we come to Sunday school, um, in essence, why we do the things we do for the Lord, and 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 we we become uh, baffled and we become upset sometimes because uh, uh, my name was wasn't was not called or because uh, I didn't get the proper recognition that uh, uh, I wanted. I didn't get the position that I've been trying to get. And to tell the truth, I've even seen some people uh, back up in church. I've seen them stop working. I've seen them leave the church, go to another church, stay a while, go to another church. So I was was faced with something uh, the other day because it seems like when one church is thriving and the other one is just complacent, it, it kind of bothered me. It, it kind of bothered me. The one that should be uh, thriving and, and, and should be exciting is 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 kind of. I don't want to say stagnant. I want to say uh, people become complacent in it. And so I I, I developed the, the attitude of if I can get up at uh, 2:45, be at the gym by 3:15 then go to work uh, uh, by 5 o'clock and work till sometime uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, come home, shower, brush up on my lesson, and then get to Bible study. And 15 people go to Bible study um, um, after they've done all they wanted to do all day long and stuff. You know, I I, I became baffled. and. and 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 not happy about that. But then I brought uh, it was brought to my attention that when you discover that it's not not about you, but it's all about him, um, then then our whole attitude about church and the kingdom which changed. I had a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Patrick Jubert, out of Fort Worth, Texas, say to me, he said, Lavelle, he said um, the church is the bride. He said, uh, you are the best man, and Jesus is the groom. I said, yeah, I understand that. And he said, well, if the church ain't excited about the groom, what makes you think they're going to be excited about the best man? And it almost caused me to wreck my truck. I mean, I mean, when, we're, when, we're, when we come to that point, we, we'll, we'll discover that I will not be a God robber. I will no longer have an attitude uh, about uh, about my preacher, my pastor work, about what my church is not doing, because I, I realize the focus is really not on the pastor, it's really not on the church, but it's really it's really not on you, but it's really all about him, because he deserves everything that we can ever do for him and everything um, we can ever do with him, because it's really all about him, and and then and then I had to uh, come to grip that. That that the Bible makes it crystal clear from cover to cover that 
Jesus Christ is the center of attention because in Genesis, he's the creator and the seed of the woman. Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. Leviticus, he's the sacrificial one. Numbers, he's the uplifted one. In Deuteronomy, he's the true prophet. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's the delivering judge. In Ruth, he's our kinsman, redeemer. And Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, he's the promised king. And Ezra and Nehemiah, he's my restorer. In Job, he's my redeemer. In Psalms, he's my all in all. Proverbs, he's my pattern. Ecclesiastics, he's the lover of my soul. Songs of Solomon, and on, he's the prophet and promised Messiah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's the one that came to die for our sins. And Acts, he's the buried and risen Savior. Uh, and, and the epistles, he's the one who's sitting on the right hand of the Father. And in Revelation, he's the groom that's on his way back for the bride. And so it's all about him. And, and when you discover that Jesus has done more for us than any one person uh, I know, I mean, you can go out in the middle of the street and you can call the name of any preacher in the city and watch cars or go right on by. You can go out and call the name of Aristotle, Socrates. I mean, the list could go on. And and, and 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 they'll go right by, uh, right on by. But if you just go out the street and just start calling the name of Jesus, just the name alone will block traffic because at his name, the Bible is very clear that every knee must bow and every tongue must confess. And so I, I discovered that Jesus has created more jobs than any one person I know because Jesus has employed millions of people that are working for him, and some making a, a, a good salary just working for the master. Matter of fact, more books have been written about Jesus more than any other person that I know, and, and he never wrote a book. He never went to school, he, he, and more schools have been erected because of him and in his name, and more than any other one person on planet Earth. Watch this. Jesus himself, every Sunday uh, morning, folks get up, uh, uh, from across the country and go to where they're going to worship just to hear somebody call the name of Jesus. I mean, songs have been written in his honor. We bow in his name. We, 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 we preach in his name. We, 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 we get healing from his name. We get deliverance from his name. So, so it's all about him. And every time I feel like that I'm being mistreated, uh, I have to do like I did the other day. I talked to myself and said, you know, Lavelle, it, it really ain't about you. It's about the man that died for our sin and got up Sunday morning with all power in his hand. Wow. Wow. Okay. I, I, I just need to say that. But, but, but watch the text real quick because, because this text baffles me. It, it, it says, and when I saw him, Wow, I, I I don't know if that ever if you ever read that before, but 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 he says and when I saw him and, and John here is doing the writing and I was somewhat baffled when I saw this passage because I said wait a minute John 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 you act like you've never seen him before, and, but I I had it brought me back to one day when John and James they were out on the lake of Galilee and they were fishing with their father Zebedee and they ran into Jesus and they saw him. And when they saw him, they forsook, they left their father and followed Jesus. I mean, every situation that occurred in the Bible, for the most part, they were with Jesus. Because John was there when Jesus turned water to wine. 
John was one of the disciples that when Jesus killed Jairus' daughter, he left uh, some disciples on the outside but took Peter, James, and John and Jairus' house to watch him heal his daughter. The disciples were there when uh, the woman came and pressed her way through the crowd. And watch this. He touched the hem on the hem. He touched the H-E-M hem that was wrapped around the H-I-M hem and saw that her body was made whole. I mean, John was there when Jesus cast out demons. John was there when he cast out devils. John was there when he gave sight to the blind. John was there when he healed the man on the Jericho road. John was there when he said to Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for the today I must abide at your house. Matter of fact, John was one of the only disciples standing around the cross when Jesus died on the cross. But listen to the text again. He says, and when I saw him, blew me away. I, I had a problem with that because uh, of what he was saying because he had saw him before. But now he says, when he saw him, he says something happened to him. Well, here's the difference. When he saw him the first time, he was in human flesh. But when he saw him the second time, he saw his glorified body. When he saw him the first time, Jesus had not gone through the grave. So uh, uh, he saw him. And, 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 and I ought to tell you that it, it's really a good thing to see him. And anybody that sees him, watch this, something will happen to you if you see him. And, and, and I contend that, that too many people come to church and they see the wrong person. You, you see the director of the choir, you see the musician, you see the preacher, you see, you see uh, uh, the parishioners, you see the person next to you. But every time you walk through the doors, you ought to come to see Jesus. Wow. And, and I, know, I, know, I know the Bible says in the Old Testament that, that uh, uh, no man can see me, uh, no, uh, uh, no man can see him, no man has ever seen him. Uh, 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 but, 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 remember, but remember, Isaiah said, um, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Uh, when he said he saw the Lord, what he was saying was he saw the transcendent, pre-incarnated Jesus Christ, sometimes called a Christophany, uh, an epiphany. And, and what we have to understand as believers that uh, we see him in the Gospels, but Jesus didn't just get started with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because he was before the beginning had ever began. Uh, uh, and understand something, your faith will get stronger when you experience and see him because when you see him, uh, burdens will be lifted. When you see him, dark clouds roll away. When you see him, your midnight becomes midday when you see him. So we saw him in his human body first, but now he sees him in his glorified body. While he was here the first time, if you remember, the, the disciples, they almost got a glimpse of his glorified body up on Mount Hermon. But when, when, when the Bible says that he was transfigured, but when he was transfigured, if you remember, they were all asleep. The Lord put their lights out for a while, and they went to sleep because it was too much to see at that time. And, you know, that's what I discovered. That's the way God really works in your life. Some things he won't let you see right now because you can't handle it if you see it. Wow, I'll say that again. Some things God won't let you uh, 
see right now because you can't handle it if you see it. You got to go through some things in order to see some things. That's why people who haven't been through anything, they can't see why you always up praising the Lord. People who ain't never been sick, they can't see why you shout when somebody hollers, he's a doctor. People that ain't never been laid off can't see when you tell somebody that he's a way in a way, he's a way through a way, a way around a way. But if you ever been there and you know that didn't nobody bring you out but the Lord, then you'll be able to see something. He said, when I saw him, he said, something happened to him. He said, he said something happened to me. He said, I fell at his feet. And now, 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 I don't want to mess nobody up now, but, you know, it seems that something strange going on now because when today in today's society, when, 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 when people see him now, they become apostles. Y'all, y'all get that on the way home. And, and they get to where you can't touch them and all of that. And, 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 and I, I don't know if y'all saw my post the other day on Facebook, but I, I encourage every preacher, every pastor, don't just be a great preacher. Don't just be a great pastor, but be a great man. And y'all, y'all, I know I've had my time and and all of that and 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 being who I was and who I am and stuff. But that's my focus now in life. My focus is being a great man, being a great person. People will love you. People will respect you better for just being a great person. And and and. And and so people see him now. They become apostles and get to where you can't touch them. And there's something wrong with that because the Bible clearly says that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched, but with the feelings of our infirmity. There's something wrong when you can touch Jesus, but you can't touch the fact. John said that when he saw him, he said, none of that happened. He said, but when I saw him, he said, I fell at his feet. Because whenever you come into the presence, of God, you discover how unworthy you are, not how holy you are, but how hellish you are. When dust gets close to divinity, you can't stand it. And the text says, not only did I fall at his feet, but I fell at his feet as a dead man. Now, by saying he fell at his feet as a dead man, it meant that he was no longer relying upon his own faculties to get things done. He wasn't depending upon his eyes. He wasn't depending on his hands. He wasn't depending on his legs. I think that happens when you when, when when you see the Lord, because you no longer move by sight, but watch this. You start moving by faith. And Sister Tracy read this, right? Then Corinthians 5 and 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And the reason we do that is because sight stops at the end of the building, but faith goes beyond the wall. What are you talking about, Pastor? Sight will have you filling out an application for a job, but faith will have you cashing your first paycheck. Sight will have you applying for a home, but faith will have you moving in. Sight will have you going to war, but faith will have you coming home with a victory. Sight will have you going to surgery, but faith will have you coming back healed. That's why when you see him, you don't depend on you no more, but you learn how to depend on him. You don't depend on where your little legs can carry you, but you depend on where God wants you to be. And how many of you on the line know that uh, God will get you to where God wants you to be when God gets ready for you to be there. I, I used to get upset. I used to get upset when I used to ask God for something, and it seemed like he would block it. I'd pray and ask him for something, and he would block it, and he kept blocking what I kept asking for until he got me to where he wanted me to be. And 
when I got to where he wanted me to be, I went back and started lifting my hands and started telling the Lord, thank you. Thank you for blocking all the stuff that you didn't let me get. Okay, let me see if I can give you a window to help you see what I'm talking about. Ladies, have you ever asked God for a man and you really wanted that man and the Lord wouldn't let you have him? And then you ran into him 10 years later and you just start lifting your hands, thanking God. God, thank you so much for not letting me step into that because ain't no telling where I'd be if you had let me go on through what I was going to go through with that stuff. You see, God answers prayer in a lot of ways. He answers prayer sometimes by saying no. He answers prayer sometimes by saying slow. He answers prayer sometimes by saying grow. But then he answers prayer sometimes by saying go. Let me help you. Many of you ask for something you don't need, he says no. If you ask for something you need but you ain't ready for it, to handle it, he says slow. If you ask him for something you need and God wants you to have it, but if he give it to you now, it'll damage your soul, he says, grow. And then if you ask him for something you need and you're able to handle it and it's in his will, that God says, go. It's yours for the take. So he tell her his feet is dead. Let me close with this. And, and, and when he did that, the Lord laid his hand upon him. It was his right hand. It was, it was the hand of authority. It was, it was the hand of power. And I learned this a long time ago, and that is when God lay his hands on somebody, ain't nobody doing no harm. Oh, you, you, you've seen folks that people try and set traps for, try to destroy their reputation, uh, but they can't get rid of them because why? The hand of the Lord is upon them. And when you know God's hand is upon you, stop trying to fight your back because God can do more without your help than he can with your help. When God laid his hand on it, and watch this, he said, fear not. Now, this little word, fear not, is mentioned over 365 times in the Bible. And that means there's a fear not for every day of the week. You see, God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Now, why am I going to fear anyway when I got God behind me? I got Jesus in front of me. And I got the Holy Spirit in me. I got goodness on one side and mercy on the other side, right? Uh, and then the songwriter said that all day and all night, Angels keep a watch over me. And you see, goodness and mercy are friends of, of David, according to Psalm 23 and 6. And somebody knows that everywhere you go, you got goodness on one side, you got mercy on the other side. So he says, fear not. Now watch this. He, he says, he says, because I'm the first. Now, 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 now this word first here means first in rank. It, it means first in order. It, it means first in position. Now, y'all, I got to move on because I'll be here all day because I'm, I'm getting excited as I'm talking about this word. So, 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 Pastor, what does that mean? That means that before you got here, Jesus was already here. And it means that when you're dead and gone, Jesus will still be here because you do know your life is nothing but a sentence in the parenthesis of life. What do you mean, Pastor? That means that if you look in any cemetery, you will see 19 such and such and 2,000 such and such and just a dash in the middle. Well, that's your life. Your life is the dash between the two extremes. And whether you know it or not, the dash is going to end someday, and God will still be on the throne. That's why, that's why you ought not mistake Jesus for family. You ought not mistake Jesus for folly. You ought not uh, forsake Jesus for friends, and you ought not forsake him for finding. Because when all of that stuff is gone, Jesus will still be here. Wow.
Watch, now watch verse 18, and I'm, and I'm done. He said, I am he that liveth. He said, I was dead, but I'm alive forever more. And then he said, amen. Now, underline that little word, amen, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm done. Now, most of us don't like the little word amen because we actually think that when you say man, it's really helping the preacher out, and, and we really don't want to help him out. We want him to make it on his own. In church, I'm being front of y'all. Well, one day, preacher was up preaching, and the deacon on the front row went to sleep, and the preacher yelled down to the other deacon. He said, hey, Deke, wake up that uh, deacon sitting on the front row. And the deacon yelled back up to him, you wake him up because you was the one that put him to sleep. Well, watch this. He said, now watch this. He says, he says, he says, he says, he says, he says this. He says, amen. Uh, uh, uh. Now, amen means verily, verily, truly, truly, show enough, show enough, or I agree, I agree. Revelation chapter 314 says, and you shall call his name the amen. So whenever you say amen, that's one of the names of Jesus. Now, first of all, there's an amen of affirmation. That means that if the man of God is reading the word of God and I've got the word in my hand and what he's reading in my, is in my book too, I don't, I don't need to assume that the person next to me is getting it. So when the preacher reads that verse, I should, I should respond by saying amen because I'm not just responsible for myself, but I'm also responsible for my brother. So that's the amen of affirmation. Then there's the amen of confirmation. The amen of confirmation means not only am I reading what's in the book, but I've, I've experienced what the book is saying. Maybe you read Psalm 30 and 5 where it says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And you know God brought you through uh, whatever you were going through. So when you see, hear that passage, you ought to say amen. Maybe uh, uh, you read, uh, I've been young, uh, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his feedback bread. Maybe you read, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, where it says, My grace is sufficient to thee, and you know you had a thorn in your flesh, but God gave you grace. You ought to say amen. Maybe you read James 1 and 2, where it says, My brother encountered all joy when you fall into direst temptation. So, so that's the amen of confirmation. But then there's also an amen of expectation. Wow. Now, when you, every time you hear the word, every time, every time you come to church, you ought to expect the Lord to take you higher. You ought to expect the worship to be all of that. So 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 that's the amen of expectation. So then there's a, there's a amen of affirmation, amen of confirmation, amen of expectation, but then there's an amen of revelation. Wow. The amen of revelation is is when you get a revelation from the word. And so and so and so I said uh uh told you about the amen of Affirmation, the amen of confirmation, the amen of expectation, the amen of revelation. But then there's one more amen, I'm done. And that's the amen of jubilation. Now, that amen of jubilation is reserved for us. And you can't experience that amen really right now. You got to wait till you check out of here. What do you mean, Pastor? The songwriter helps us out when it says, when I see Jesus, amen. When I see the man that strengthened my faith, Amen. When I see the man that brought life to my dead situation, I'll say amen. So please understand. And y'all, please mute your line. Whatever noise that is, please, please put your phone on mute. I guess that's my time. So it's really all about him. It's not all about you. As I pass the call to Sister Lisa, bless y'all.
Father, we thank you. We want to on the line. We continue because we know you absolutely hear us beyond any distractions. I'm so grateful, God, that you're a God that can hear. And you not only hear us, but you answer us for our prayers. You, God, are the one that sees all in that. And Father, we thank you, God what you're doing, and we bless you, God, for who you are, and we lift you up because you are a great God, and you are a good, good Father, and God, we just want to tell you that we love you. We thank you for loving us, God. We approach you as Father, and we yield ourselves unto you, and we say, have your way in our lives. Do what only you can do. We thank you that we're not who we used to be, and we thank you that by your Spirit, you're transforming and conforming us to the image of your Son as we are your dear children. And we yield unto you, God, and we say, have your way. God, we admit that we don't know it. We admit that we've blown it. We admit, God, that we have to surrender. We admit that we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow after you. We admit, Father, that we haven't done what you told us to do. So we thank you for giving us what we don't deserve, God. We thank you for your grace, and we thank you for your mercy. And we come before your throne, God, pleading cases against those that pleaded against us. Father, we thank you that even the adversary that's making charges against us, God, every single charge that he is making, God, you have already declared us not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. So, Father, we just bless you, and we thank you for being a just judge. We thank you for being righteous. We thank you for settling every case well. We thank you that when the enemy tries to come in against us like a flood, you said you would lift up a standard against that enemy, and no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. So, I I thank you, Father, that even now, placing in our spirit that we are who you declared that we are and we can do what you said that we can do. And we understand you said it was written, lo, I come in the volume of the book, for it is written of me. This word that we read, that we live by, that we stand on, that we hide in our hearts so that we won't sin against you is written about your son, Jesus. And so, God, we acknowledge the fact that it's not about us, Father. Thank you and forgive us where we've made it about us. Forgive us where we've made our own platform and our own agenda, and we've made ourselves larger than we should be, and we thought of ourselves more highly than we ought have. God, thank you. Thank you, God. You know our frail. You know we came from dust. You already know. We were created in your image and your likeness. And so, God, because you desire and inhabit the praises of your people, we missed it and messed up, God, and we thought that the praises were for us. But you said, God, that you would not share your glory with nobody. So I thank you, Father God, for the will that you have given us to serve you. I thank you, Father God, for the mind you've given us to serve you. I thank you for the love that you placed on the inside of our hearts. And so right now I speak to our spirits that it would line up in the name of Jesus and that we would release and renounce every single thing that's contrary to your word, every single stronghold that's been built up in our lives to exalt itself against the knowledge of who you are and who you said that we are. And we cast down every imagination and high thought and we bring every single thought under the obedience of Christ, which is your word made flesh so that we can line up and live a life that's pleasing before you. God, we thank you that you didn't wipe us out while we were in our food that you didn't take us out while we were in our mess, that you've given us chance and time and time after again, because you already know what was written in the book about us. You already know the number of our days, for you know the number of our hair um, on our head, and you already know what you've called and created and predestined.
destined us to do. So I thank you that your plan for our lives shall be accomplished, for it's already been established, and no devil in hell, no man in this earth can stop the plan that you have for our lives to prosper us, to give us a hope, a future, and an expected end. God, we thank you for your word not returning to you, O void, because if you spoke it, you shall do it. If you said it, you shall bring it to pass. And I thank you, God, that you came, that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And we understand and recognize the tricks and the tactics of the enemy to get us distracted and to get us off guard. But we desire to see Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we desire to see you face to face. And we want to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the time we have to rest, God. I thank you that we are working while it is day and we are not putting expectations on people because they belong to you, God. All you told us to do is work. All you told us to do is serve. All you told us to do is yield. All you told us to do is deny ourselves. You told us, God, certain things that we have to do and we're not responsible for anything else. So I thank you, God. I'm not responsible for anybody else's salvation. You said that your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to save souls. And I thank you for the preacher, man. I thank you for the evangelist. I thank you for the apostle, the pastor, the teacher. I thank you, God, for those in the fivefold ministry. I thank you for your body, the church, the ecclesia that you have called out. And I pray that we would stand up and take our rightful place and be light and salt in this earth so that men can see your glory and see the good works that we do and glorify you. Let us be good examples of who you called us to be. Let us be the living epistles we're supposed to be, not to point men to us, but to make disciples unto you. Father, I thank you. I pray for all of our churches. God, we have so many, and we have so many division and dissension, and we look like the world. Father, you declared if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways that you would hear from heaven. God, we're your people. We know you called us by your name. And so we humble ourselves before your mighty hand, not to exalt ourselves. You said in due season you would exalt us. We resist that devil. He got to flee from us. So I thank you, God, that we are called and we humble ourselves and we are praying and we're crying out to you. But you are the only one able. It's not by our might or our power, but it's by your spirit that things will be accomplished in this earth. It's not the intellect and wisdom of man, but God, we want to see demonstration and power in the name of Jesus, signs, wonders, and miracles being manifest, but you've given that unto us in the name of Jesus. We have the authority to use the keys. We have the authority by your spirit to speak things that be not as though they were, to cast out devils, to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. We have the authority and the God kind of faith got to do what you told us to do but you declare that all things are possible to them that believe and father we believe help us in our area of unbelief help us in our area where we're shaky and double-minded and don't know what to do help us for those that have been lovers of pleasure more than lovers of you father we repent in the name of Jesus, as your body, on behalf of those that don't even recognize that they need to, that you would heal our land. God, heal our land. I thank you that you hear from heaven for all the prayers that go up, not just from declared victory, not just from the United States of America, but there are believers all over the world. And you are hearing our prayers. God, heal our land. We lift our nation up to you, Father. 
We lift up everybody that's trying, endeavoring, and determined, God, sold out to live a life pleasing before you. I thank you, Father God, that you see the intent of man. You know the intent of our hearts, and we just want to see you. God, we just want to see you. So we do fall on our face. We lay down prostrate even while we're standing. Our heart posture is nailed down before you, God, that you would make our hearts of flesh and not of stone and that you would give us the ability to see people the way that you do and love them the way that you do, Father, and know that we're only responsible to preach, teach, make disciples of your word, pointing people to you and not to us that we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. That's our responsibility. We're making disciples, Father. We're compelling people to come into your house that it might be filled, Father, because it's all about you. You didn't have to use us or choose us. We didn't have to be here still. Plenty of people much smarter, much more brighter, much more, um, have more drive, more purpose, more zeal are not here, but you left us here. So we still got a purpose for you to do. And God, we just say thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you lay your hands on us every single time we turn around. For your grace and your mercy, Father, they're new every morning. Your mercies are new every morning, and your grace is sufficient for us, God. Help us to keep our eyes stayed on you. For you declared you would keep us in perfect peace if our minds were stayed on you. So, God, we cast all of our cares and our burdens, and we lay them at your feet. We know there were no prayer requests that were mentioned, but, Father, I thank you that you are a God that already knows our thoughts are far off before we even think them. And surely somebody on this call needs you for something, because truth be told, we all need you for something. So, Father, whatever prayer request that was spoken before they came on this line and that was unspoken, I thank you, God, that you are a God that answers prayers. You declare that the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous avail as much. And, Father, we've been declared righteous, not of our own, but because of Jesus, because of his blood. And I thank you for that, God. I thank you. Father, somebody needs healing. You said that healing is the children's bread. You said we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I declare that I lay hands on myself in the name of Jesus. I pray the prayer of faith that you are well able and you are Jehovah Rapha to heal. And we are healed. You sent forth your word and it healed, Father. Your word is our necessary bread. It's our necessary meat. Thank you. God, somebody's lonely and brokenhearted. We continue to lift up Gloria and Didi, Father, as they mourn the passing of their father and anybody else that may be mourning um, the, the passing of their, lost, the, their, their loved ones. Father, if they're not saved, they've been lost. But if, if they knew you, if they knew you while they was here, they're, they're not lost, Father. They've just transitioned. So we thank you that we live a life that's transparent before people that they might see you through us and they might want to know you. But God, more than us, seeing you and knowing you, I'm so glad you know my name. You know us, Father. And you called us your own. Thank you, God. 
thank you for your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts, God. When we think we got it figured out, you show up, God, and you just exceed our expectation. You are a great God, and you are a good, good Father. And, God, we just want to tell you that we love you. So we take our phones off of mute right now, and we lift up your name because you declared, if I be lifted up, that you would draw all men unto you. And we know that you were lifted up, Jesus, on the tree, Amen. and you are still yet drawing men unto you. So I thank you for your drawing power. I thank you Amen. for drawing our children back Amen. to you, that you would show them who they are in you, that they would recognize they'd have a calling over their lives, and that they have a responsibility to live a life that's pleasing before you. So by your spirit, God, I pray that you unveil their eyes, and you open their eyes so that they can see you, that they can know who they are in you, so they can understand their identity and what they've been called for in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you have made them leaders in this earth, that they would stand up and take their rightful place, that they would stop being tricked by the devil in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. Thank you, Father God. We bless your holy name, but you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy of the honor and the glory, God. So we exalt your name high above the heavens, God. We thank you, Father God, as the waters cover the sea. Your glory is over this earth. Let us manifest your glory. We are the Lord carriers, but you are inside of us, and you declare that greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. So, Father, I will not shrink back. I will not lie down. I will not be defeated in the name of Jesus, because we already have won the victory. I thank you that we're more than conquerors, and we're overcomers because of the blood of the Lamb. I thank you by the word of our testimony. We recognize, God, that we win. I thank you, Father God, that we have the ability to come boldly before your throne of grace, where we may obtain mercy and find favor in the time of need. Somebody needs you right now. You said, cry unto me, call unto me, and I will deliver. You are a strong deliverer. You are a strong power. The righteous can run unto you and save. God, I thank you for salvation. I thank you for deliverance. I thank you for a mind that's made up. I thank you for a sound mind. We speak to the minds of our children, and we command them to line up in the name of Jesus.
And whatever happens does not catch you off guard. Help us to see with understanding eyes. Open up our eyes of understanding that we might see beyond what we see, God. Open up our ears that we might hear you by your spirit as you speak to us, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we're in perilous times and we act like everything is well. Father, help us to war. You teach our hands to war, God. Help us not to just stand by while the enemy just takes our home and our children, God, and our minds. In the name of Jesus, you equipped us with everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. We're thoroughly ready. We're warred up and we got our war clothes on. We have on your armor, Father. Teach us how to fight properly, that we're not shooting arrows blankly, Father, that we're not punching in the air like Paul taught, beating against the air. We want to be strategic of how we fight this war. But we are your soldiers. Hallelujah. Thank you, We thank you for still, small, quiet moments when you speak to our spirit, when you reveal mysteries and you tell us secrets of the plans of the enemy that might be ambushed. God, I bless your name. Thank you, Jesus. So when that enemy comes up against us like a flood, you lift up that standard against the enemy. And no weapon, God, no weapon of war, no weapon of any kind of trick that the enemy would have, no weapon of deception, no weapon of division shall prosper, no weapon, God, of sin or rejection, God, no weapon. No weapon. No weapon in our minds. No weapon that is formed against us shall be able to prosper. Father, we glorify your grace. Oh, Lord. Thank you, Lady Lisa. Awesome manifestation 
of the presence of God. I'm just blessed uh, by that prayer that when we get ready to pray, we don't have to say El Shaddai. We don't have to say El Hadonai, Jehovah's Canoe, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, or Jehovah Jireh. We can say Abba. We can say Abba Father. Because <laughs> we're co-labored with Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning again to everyone. Uh, thank you, Lisa, for the prayer. Thank you, uh, Lady Tracy, for hosting and greeting. If there's anyone that didn't get a chance to say good morning, now is your time. Good morning. Good morning, family. This is Leisha. Good morning, Ms. Leisha. Good morning, Ms. Tamisha. Good morning, Tamisha. How are you? I'm hanging in there. Uh, good character. Uh, I'm trying to build good character, Pastor. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. It's Natasha. Good morning, Natasha. Good morning, Victory family. It's Pam. Love y'all. Good morning, Ms. Pam. All right. Anyone else? Good morning. So, good morning. Good morning, peace and love to you, too. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Ravel, Victory Family. God bless you all this morning. Sarge, how are you? I'm wonderful. All right. Anyone else? Don't be shy. Say good morning. All right. If there's not another... um. Good morning to you, you, and you too. All right, all right. So our uh, our morning message is all about him, um, the stability of our faith, and how our faith rests in who Jesus is. And and the, the songwriter said that uh, my hope and my faith is built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus and His righteousness on Christ solid rock I'll stand. So was there any aha moments or any uh highlights in the message uh that you want to bring out or any questions that you might have, any spotlights you might have in that message, uh that declaration this morning. Um anyone? Now's your time. Good morning. How you doing, skinny man? Hey, man, you better stop my personal business. I'm on my way to the gym now. Stop it. See, here you go, man. Anyway, man, I'm going to continue to throw shade on you and make sure, man, that you at least at the end of the day, man, have a cheeseburger or something, man, or do something. I couldn't couldn't eat a cheeseburger if y'all paid me. I have not had a hamburger in probably almost two years now. I can't eat that. God bless you, our pastor. Um, wonderful declaration, man. I, 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 uh, I, I, I can relate. Um, at, even as I now get up to to make breakfast for my wife, give her a couple hours of sleep as as we begin our day. Also, um, as you talked about your regimen, which is 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 extraordinary, and I thought um, my schedule was was busy and I thought I got up kind of early. I think I might have to start to uh to get up early like you too. I'm have to do the gym thing early 
now because of uh, uh, the hours have changed. My hours have extended. But I understand getting up on Sabbath morning and and, and preparing, uh, uh, getting up hours before opening up the church and getting ready to teach Bible study. And uh, at least you got 15. You know, a lot of times our average is like uh, about two. I understand the frustration, man. I understand your uh, um, how you used to how, how your attitude was and your thought was, you know, because I I I I I at times have to catch myself and think the same way too, you know. If I can go ahead and do all this and prepare, then you know why not? But um, I, your declaration blesses me because it's it's not all about me. It's not all about the preparation. And it's not about the number of people. Uh, it's all about him. And 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 once we figure out and we come to that uh, that state of mind, it's all about him. Then our perspe- our perspective has changed. Um, we find out just how unworthy. We find out that our works are, are, are nothing but filthy rags because it doesn't matter how 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 much I study, doesn't matter how much uh, 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 I get up and teach, it doesn't matter how early I get up and prepare. It's not my works. It's 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 all about what he did. And it's all about him because he made it all about us, and he came and he died for us, and he didn't have to do that. And 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 once I get in touch with that, I'm so very very much uh, humbled. I was listening to this song last night. It's a beautiful song, and I, I think the lyrics were saying, uh, uh, "When I looked at him, or uh, or just one look, and my whole life was changed." And I can imagine John uh, uh, going through all what he 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 went through, seeing all of his his compatriots die, being dipped in oil, and then being brought at the end of his life, all of his faithful service to, to, to dwell on, on, on an island the size of Alcatraz and surrounded by criminals and, 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 and um, forced to do hard labor. But isn't it something that Christ comes to us even at, the, at, at our crisis of faith and, 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 and reveals to us exactly who he is and exactly who not just who he is, but what he has done and, and the victory that he has and, and, and to be able to to uh, lay his hands on us. Uh, wonderful declaration, man. God bless you. And uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to, uh, when I uh, have these crises of faith or when I uh, have the wrong attitude, I'm going to continue to remember his declaration. It's all about him. God bless you. Hey, you know, but, you know, Brother E, thank you for saying that. Uh, you know, I pastor uh, one church in two locations now, so we're just opening our Elk Grove location. So we have our uh, Bible study and and everything going real strong at Elk Grove, and then in the North Highland Sacramento area, it it, it hurts y'all, and I need y'all to consider this. Uh, it hurts your pastor. Uh, whoever's teaching to study and prepare and everything, and and you don't come out to receive it, and and you do know there is such a thing called self-imposed ignorance, right? Self-imposed ignorance is when teaching is going on and you won't be taught. And I don't just pastor a church, y'all. I work a job. I work a full-time job as a garbage man. I, I have a 
barbecue business. I have rental property. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't just sit at home all day or anything like that. So, yeah, you know, and when the Lord had to remind me who's going to be here, it's going to be here. Celebrate those that are here and don't get disgruntled about those that are not here because I learned something, Brother E, about people. People do what they want to do when they want to do it. They do what they want to do. You can rest assured about that. If if you want to get up and go do something today, if you have the means to do it, you're going to do it. And if you want to go to Bible study, you're going to go. If you don't, the, the sad part about one of my Bible studies is is on this line. And, and yes, I have a crowd in front of me, but it, it, it even hurts when you, you can call in from wherever you are and you still won't even call in to be thought. That's self-imposed ignorance. You know, you know, and sometimes I, I get beside myself, and and this scripture had to bring me back as well. So I totally understand what you're saying. All right, anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, jump in. Where where does the stability of your faith lie? Because because there's sometimes all of us get weak. What 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 are your weak points? What are your weak points, and 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 what 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 is where does your faith stabilize at when it comes to the Word of God? Anybody? I guess I'm the only one that's been weak. Huh? That was a question, y'all. Hey, Pastor Lavelle, it's Juliet. Hey, hey, hey Lady Juju. <laughs> Now, when you talk about weak points, like, um, can you explain to me question a little bit? I want to make that try. Yeah, yeah, yeah that all of us have weak points. All of us have something that we struggle with. I mean, when it comes to people, when it comes to our position at work, when it comes to whatever we go through in our daily walk. But I'm asking you, when it comes to the Word of God, what is it? What scriptures stabilize your faith, as your as your husband just said, that, that he had to look at that again and say, "Wow, you know." Um, for instance, for instance, when when I realized that it wasn't about me, it was all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, and the reason I say that, Juliet, is because as believers, and let me bring it a little more clear. A faith that cannot be tested cannot be trusted. In essence, we always talk about how holy we are, how much faith we got. Truth of the matter is, you don't know how much faith you got until you get in it. Because everybody can everybody can talk Christianity by the mouth, but can they live it by the hand? Mm, wow, that's deep. <laughs> and so and so and so, as I was reading this word today and doing the declaration and reading as. John said, as I, I fell at his feet as dead when I saw him, I don't know if you heard the excitement in my voice, but it, it, it started encouraging me even more because I had this word in my hand, which says to me, instead of getting upset over things and being downtrodden about things, run to the word and let that word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yeah, that's what the scripture, I, I, that one that you just said, is 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 the one that I uh, is, is a 
I pray every day as far as the word being a lamp unto my feet and light unto my path, as well as the scripture that says, um, uh, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I sin not against thee. Those are the two uh, scriptures that I daily, uh, mentally are always talking to God about, you know, I want the word in me to the point where um, uh, I'm so full of him that I, you know, I'm not easily offended, but also that, that when I enter into an environment that his spirit, you know, is with me and that a person that would be prone to cuss or whatever just doesn't do it. I want, that's the place I want to be. Uh, I'm always reading God's word. I try to do that on a daily basis. If you read his word, and I'm not, I'm totally, I don't totally understand it all, all the time. But um, what I find interesting, though, is when I, you know, when I'm in a conversation or, um, and I even, I'm not even, I don't think sometimes I'm like, purposely trying to retain it, but I think because I read it on a daily basis that when I find myself in a conversation or, you know, something like that, it'll just pop up, you know. So, some of the stuff I've purposely learned and some of it is, is, is because, uh, you know, I think about that scripture that um, says that God, that the spirit, well, I'm paraphrasing, you know, he'll bring it back to your remembrance. So, and I thought about he can't bring something back to your remembrance if you don't put nothing in there. So right. he'll bring stuff back to my remembrance, and I'd be like, wow. I remember sitting here trying to meditate and think about, you know, study this or learn this. You know, it's like I think it's just the perpetual of reading and the desire. God, you know, has put it in me. But, yeah, that's uh, that's my daily, you know, I, I task yeah. Question I ask God all the time is like, you know, I just want, I just want you to hide your word in my heart, you know. You know, you know, Bishop Sean Peel, one of one of my good friends, Bishop Sean Peel, said the other night. Um, he says some of y'all, y'all get excited over empire, and y'all get excited over power. Uh, he said, what well, you need to be getting excited over this word. <laughs> That's what he said, you know, and. Um, and Dion, uh, Sister Dion's brother, uh, Zach, Zach Carey, y'all, I don't know if y'all know Dion's brother, but he pastors a thriving church in Oakland at, uh, 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 at I think, McClyman's High School. And uh, he's Tech of McClyman. Uh, but that's Dion's brother. And I was with him uh, last week, and we were talking. And he said, Lavelle, I've been watching you on Facebook and seeing all that you've been doing. He said, now, why are you killing, killing yourself doing two Bible studies? I said, what do you mean? He said, you're killing yourself. You're running to Elk Grove. You're back in Sacramento doing two Bible studies. He said, man, you got to change with the times. And I said, what do you mean, Zach? He said, man, he said, I got people call in on my Bible study. I don't come down to the church or anything like that. I'm from wherever I am in my office or whatnot. I teach the Bible study just like that, and they tune in and this and that. And, you know, times are changing. The word ain't changing, but times are changing. And, and maybe I wouldn't get so frustrated instead of me driving to Elk Grove and folks not coming out or me driving to North Highlands and folks not coming out if I'm sitting right here in my office 
and 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 teaching the word from right where I'm at, and all you got to do is call in. You could be on the treadmill, you could be cooking, you can be sitting on the couch or or what have you. So times are changing, but but I do uh, thank God for His word and and understanding the fact that it ain't about me. You just continue to do what you're doing and let God do the rest. And and y'all, that's my encouragement to let God be God. And let God do what he's going to do in all of us. Because there are some things that he's working on me, too, that everybody ain't satisfied with what I'm doing. So, I mean, it, it's, it's give and take. So I, I appreciate that, Julia. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Come on. Was there any aha moments in the declaration for you? Good morning. It's Nikisha. Um, I really enjoyed um your decoration on this morning, I liked when you were breaking down the way that God will answer our prayers. Um, no, slow, go, or grow, like that. And there was something else I was going to say, but then I was trying to think of the scriptures that get me through, because there's so many, depending on what's going on. But there was something else that you said that was um, very interesting to me. So if I think about it again, I'll chime back in. But there's there's some scriptures for me, like um, all things work together. Um, uh, we've been made to for a night. Um, uh, Proverbs three, five, and six. There's so many. I can't. I can't think right now because I was just like so really intently listening to the message on today. So, um, but I really. Um, and like you know, still trying to get used to how things are changing too, because I'm a creature of habit, so I am used to just like going down to the church and stuff like that. But sometimes you can't get there, and it is easier to just be at the house and just call in. So it's it's you know some tweaking that has to be done in my mind to be like, uh, is this really like what we're supposed to be doing, calling in to for Bible study? Kind of weird to me, but I guess I gotta change times too. Let me let me tell you something. When when it's pouring down rain and it's storming and stuff outside, um, I don't have the ladies drive down to the church. The mothers drive down to the church. No, call in, call in Tuesday night. Call in, and we'll do it online. Sometimes when I have things to do and I'm running and I can't be at leadership meeting or what have you, call in. We uh one eight hundred conference call conference call dot com. Oh, we got a conference call number. Call in. Uh, you can get you can still get the message because my my administrator will email the agenda out and things like that. Let me tell you something. I don't even print a bulletin on Sunday morning no more. I email it. I email the bulletin now, saving saving money and and paper and all of that stuff. Um. Uh, now for the for the guests, I print just enough if I'm going to have guests and things like that because I'm changing with the times. You know, a lot of a lot of times uh, people have it on their screens and stuff and and all of that. I've got my worship down, and I had some people get upset because um, I had a, I went to I went to Houston a few weeks back. Some of y'all remember that, and um, and uh, uh, Dr. Donald Berg asked me, Lavelle, how long is your worship? What time do you start? I said, I start at um, uh, 9 o'clock, and I'm out about uh, 10.45. He said, Lavelle, that's too long. I said, what do you mean that's too long? 
He said, that's too long. And I, I kind of debated with him and stuff. And he said, you have deacons doing devotion? I said, yeah. He said, for what? I said, because, you know, I'm trying to tell him why. And then he said, you, you, you got somebody, uh, you, got, um, you got altar prayer? I said, yeah. He said, why? Don't you have intercessory prayer? I said, yeah. And then, I, and then he said, you, got, you still got somebody reading your announcement? I said, yeah. And he said, why? You give them a bulletin or whatnot. He said, when you come preach for me in Houston, he said, we, you're preaching at the 730 service and watch, watch how it flows. So uh, we were out of church, I promise you, in an hour and 10 minutes without all the other stuff. And, and I said to him, I said, Donald, why, why is it like that? Why do you do it like that? He said, LaBelle, what you have to understand, we're not doing grandma's church anymore. You live in a different day, a different time, and it's not grandma's church anymore. And it made a lot of sense to me. And let me tell you something. My congregation has doubled since I cut my worship down to, to an hour and ten minutes. You know, it's just, it's just the, the, times of the, the times are changing. Uh, sometimes I don't do leadership at the church. Sometimes I bring them all to my house and I cook breakfast for them and do leadership right here at my house in my living room with all my leaders or what have you, and then I'm encouraging groups to go to, to people's homes and stuff because I don't have my own building in North Highlands or 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 Elk Grove because Elk Grove, I'm at a hotel, and they charge you every time, you know, you, you meet there and stuff. So, so, so when... When when you when you come to look at how times are changing, and again, it ain't about us. It's all about him, and it's all about getting the message out, and and what we do, and how we do it. You know, we have to embrace change. If you would have told me, if they would have told me 15 years ago that church would be like it is today, I I, I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have believed church would be like it is today. But now we we live in a different society a different society. We live in a worker day society. We do. And and it's changing. It's a changeless church in changing time. All right. Anyone else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Lisa, you ain't gonna say nothing to me this morning. You ain't gonna say nothing, lady. No. You hurt myself. Why are you harassing people? Actually, I was thinking about you, you asked as it pertains to your question. Um, for me, um, one of the scriptures um, that that really kind of made me think about it being about him was, "Lo, I come in the volume of the book, for it is written of me." And I was like, you mean, you know, I've heard everybody say you can find Jesus in every single book. But until I really read that and and, and started to, like, look for him in books where I was reading and you maybe didn't see it, particularly the Old Old Testament, um, it it gave me a different perspective about it being about him. And then another thing that helps me while I am laboring and feeling like I'm showing up and thinking about other people not doing their part, right, that, that... um, he got me with, we're responsible 
for whatever we've been called to do, to do it, whether it's preach, teach, you know, um, whatever it is in, in our gifting, operating our gifting by the Holy Spirit. And he's responsible for changing the hearts of men. And so right. uh, as long as I'm found obedient, doing what he called me to do, I can't determine who I'm really reaching. I just got to keep showing up and do what I'm supposed to do. Um, unless I've wow. been found in disobedience, right? And so as I start to look at it, as much as I want somebody to get it, not as if I got it all, don't don't, don't get me wrong, but as much as I, as God gives me a revelation or something, I just want somebody to get it, it's up to him by his spirit to give them illumination or revelation. And maybe it's not time. Maybe they'll just store it and their eyes will come open later, just like mine. And as we read one thing today, we don't get it. We read the same thing, you know, later, and we see something great and wonderful so it's up to him to do the converting work i think this will help a lot of parents right let me say this while you said that when i'm preaching and teaching you're you I, I totally understand what you're saying because sometimes when i'm preaching i get so excited about the word about what i'm doing and trying to get this word but 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 I can't get mad because you ain't as excited as I am. Right, and because we get free from what we read because we understand that there's freedom in it and there's power in the Word, right? The Word has the ability to save souls. It, it can change lives and, yeah, get excited about that. And then people, some people don't get it, and that's okay. That's what I had to um, accept, for, even for me, because some stuff I don't get, right? But I had to recognize that it's up to the Holy Spirit. He is the only one that can change the heart of man. We just got to put it out there, and we got to live it so wow. they can see it and desire it. So that's what helped me, Pastor, since you called me out. Wow, and, and I'm glad you said that. What's really, what's really prompting me and changing my life and not just trying to be a great preacher but be a great guy is just what you just said, the only Jesus that people on the outside get to see is you and I, is you and I. And yesterday on my garbage route, there was a lady uh, who was trying to help her neighbor out, and um, she had a whole lot of garbage, a whole lot of garbage. And uh, and uh, and I I went to assist her. It wasn't really my job or my responsibility, not to have to, but she just started talking about how you are a great guy, you are a great guy, you know this and that. Then she called the office and told the office how great of a guy I was. So, you know, that encourages me. That encourages me to know that people think that, uh, or not just think, but know that I'm a great guy and not just he's able to preach or able to, to do this or do that, but outside the pulpit, out, outside when he's at home or when he's in the community, that Lavelle's a great guy. I, I, can't, I couldn't always say that. I couldn't always say that. And people couldn't always say that about me, but how many of you know that it's never too late to change? It's never too late. And so my whole attitude, my whole disposition about so many things are have totally changed, have totally changed, you know. Uh, it used to excite me. It used to excite me that when people know that I was coming to preach, they'd get excited. Now I want them to get excited because I'm walking in the room. You know what I'm saying? I want them to get excited because I'm walking in the room and and I'm going to be me. You know? So so I, I hear it clearly. Thanks. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Because I'm going to let y'all go because y'all ain't saying much. 
I'm trying to get to the gym. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. Good morning, it's Tamisha. Hey. <laughs> um, when, um, um, just to, I was thinking about the question that you asked, and um, I was just thinking about, um, I was talking to somebody last night, and I, and I was just talking about how I overthink a lot. And like everything I do is premeditated. And sometimes I think about, I I just like, and I think what it is is worry. And so, but by the time I get through thinking and processing and everything, sometimes it's too late to do anything about it. <laughs> or I let the situation get um, out of hand because I'm too busy trying to think strategically about how to handle something. And so one of the, scriptures that I think about is, um, I think it's Matthew 6 and 25, I think, um, about worry, like where it's like, don't, I shouldn't be worrying about food, what I'm aware, like God is taking care of all of that. Because sometimes I think like, what, like I'll, I'll get blessed with something and I'll start to doubt if it's really for me. And then I start to think about, you know, all of the possibilities of the other shoe dropping. And then I'm back, I'm back in worry. So I think worry is the number one thing for me. And the thing that I also have to like always be conscious of is that, you know, it's another um, something else. I guess it's like God's thought, thoughts aren't like mine. Um and so whatever whatever I'm thinking the solution is, it's probably not. And I need to pray about it and, and go to God about it. And sometimes what I'm thinking ain't for me is, but because I'm overthinking it, I'm not sitting in the joy of what I just received. And so it's, yeah, I think for me, it's just always like it's stranded in a land of worry <laughs> and like, this belief that I even deserve a lot of what I have been blessed with. Um, and so it's just, it's just very challenging. Cause when you just said like that lady said you a good guy. Um, and I think to myself, there's a lot of people who think I'm good. And there's a lot of people who just really want to bash everything. And I got to remind, and then I always just got to remember who God says I am um, because it's been confirmed a lot in my life. I mean, he thought enough of me to come back, chase after me, save me, and put people in my path to keep me out of jails, prisons, and the grave. So I just um, think about that a lot. And I'm a, I'm a leader, so I teach a lot. And when I do trainings, I'm always worried about is somebody going to show up. But the thing that I've been taught how to do, and I guess it's through the grace of God, is that if it's two people, I'm going to teach it like it's a thousand. I'm going to give them the same energy as if the hundred people would have showed up. And and I do that because I have to, I have to um, like, act like, there is a hundred people there. Um, I was telling somebody I'm a homeowner now, but even when I had an apartment, I didn't, I treated it like it was mine. I took care of it. I kept it clean. I always got my deposit back. 
because I was preparing for what I have now. And so, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I might be all over the place right now, but I definitely believe to your question. Like my, my weakest point has always been worrying about if I'm deserving. Wow. That's, that's big. That's big. But let me, let me say this with you. Two things. First thing is one thing about faith and fear, faith and fear cannot occupy the same house. They're mutually exclusive. In other words, wherever there's fear, there can be no faith. And wherever there's faith, fear has to flee. And then the second thing is I'm glad you, you mentioned what you said uh, about being a teacher. If it's two people or whatever, I preached at a church at eight o'clock service week before last. Um, and I think there was five, six people at the eight o'clock service. I was invited to preach, but I wasn't going to shortchange them. I wasn't going to shortchange them. I, heard, I thought that house was jam-packed, full, and everything else, and gave them everything that I had. And then let me tell you how the Lord worked. I had to go to Antioch and preach at uh, a 10 o'clock service. And then uh, after I preached the 10, I went and picked my daughter up and my grandbaby, and I went and preached at that 10 o'clock service. And, and those of you that know me know I just can't walk in the church and people really not know me. And that's why I'm glad uh, next weekend I'm going to a, a, a men's encounter, a men's retreat. Um, and it's pretty much all white men. And and one of the pastors whose wife name is Pastor Rob, he said to me, he said, come let us white boys love on you, uh, Lavelle, like that. And I got so excited. And I'm going to a place where nobody knows me. And it's going to feel good. So I said that to say after my daughter and I were on our way, I was on my way to take my daughter and my grandbaby home after that 10 o'clock service. Um, uh, my daughter said to me, uh, Dad, have you seen Pastor um, uh, Pastor Map lately? I said, no, I haven't seen him. She said, oh, Dad, can we just stop by his church? It's right here. I said, sure. And uh, so my daughter and I walked in and um as soon as we walked in the door, first thing he said when he saw me was, y'all, the preacher is here. And I was like, okay, I didn't trip. And so I was sitting next to my daughter. So he had him have me come up front. So I went up front and stuff. And I'm just sitting there and stuff. And after he does everything he does during the service and says, the next noise you will hear will be that of Pastor LaBelle Jones. And I'm sitting there like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, but I'm just to show you how the Lord works. Um and sometimes it may be a small crowd. Sometimes it may be a big crowd, but don't stop being who you are for the Lord. So that was a great um, explanation of what you said, that you continue to teach regardless who's there, regardless of the crowd or whatnot. Continue to let God use you doing what it is you do. Very good. I like that. All right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Before we close, because i got to close. Anyone else? I want to give everybody an opportunity. No? All right. If there's not another, I thank everyone today. I think I'm on to do declarations twice next month and the next month. Um, my birthday's next month, uh, so I pray um, that God, the good Lord, willing and the creek don't rise. Um, uh, the Lord allow us to see my 50th birthday next month, and um, I feel good. I feel great. I'm staying healthy, uh, staying encouraged. Uh, staying blessed, and um, make sure you go to church tomorrow to worship. 
And when you get there, make sure you worship and make sure you see Jesus in the worship. Because if you go to worship and you don't see Jesus, you have not worshiped, all right? I love every last one of you. Have a great day and uh, have a blessed weekend. And um, uh, hear y'all Monday morning. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Love y'all. Bye. Bye. Have a great day. Bye.